Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Voices of Carolina continues. I'm John Fogey, radio play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets. Coming up in this hour, we got uh, plenty to talk about, including the Hornets' new NBA 2K League. Hornets Venom, G, uh, Hornets Venom GT is the team name. Lawrence West is the head coach and general manager. He's on Twitter at Big West, B-I-G-G-W-E-S-T 2K. We'll talk to him. We'll also hear from Hornets head coach James Borrego as we look at the Hornets schedule. It came out earlier this week. You can go to Hornets.com, uh, get all the information, content uh, surrounding the schedule, and of course you can download it as well. And later on in this hour, we'll switch gears a little bit, talk WNBA basketball, Nafisa Collier of the Minnesota Lynx, one of the front runners for Rookie of the Year, will join us coming up around 145. So I believe we've got Big West on the line. Uh, Darren is all right, so let's check in with Big West, the head coach and general manager of Hornets Venom GT. And uh, Big West, this is so interesting to me to watch uh, these teams start to roll out uh, these 2K teams. And we did this back in Minnesota when I was there with T-Wolves Gaming. Uh, I was there right at the beginning when they rolled the team out, and then that squad went on to win the championship this year. And you guys made some news yesterday bringing a member of T-Wolves Gaming over to Hornets Venom GT with the hiring of Nacho Trainers. So tell me a little bit about uh, how Nacho's going to help impact this new Hornets Venom team. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. You know, Nacho, Nacho's a great guy. Um, I'm excited to have him. I'm excited to uh, work with Nacho. So, Nacho, I know, I know, like, most of his role is definitely with the marketing side. So, he's, he's pretty much going to be helping. Uh, you know, he's, well, I guess most of his responsibility is going to be more, you know, uh, marketing us mm-hmm. and, you know, just making sure we look good and, and just taking it. I'm excited to see what he can do for the team in that light. You know, Mar- Mar- Nacho is a very creative person. So, like you can see how his little rollout turned out yesterday, so it was definitely <laughs> unique. Like you never probably ain't never seen that like that in the 2K league rollout like that. But that's kind of what Nacho going to bring to the table. And on the flip side, on the operation side, like I'm gonna work with him. You know, um, you know just kind of helping, helping in the process as far as uh, maybe probably scouting players and things like that. Uh, possibly assisting and coaching when he, when he have time. Uh, things of that nature. You know, we're gonna do is get get real technical with the analytics and things like that um, for this upcoming season. And, you know, kind of give my vision. We can ping pong back and forth with each other, uh, things like that. So um, that's what Nacho looking to bring to the table. But for the most part, like I say, definitely making us look good and, you know, his creativity. And just, uh, I'm excited to see how he can build, help help me and me and him both can build the Horn and Venom culture up. Lawrence West, uh, Big West of the Hornets Venom GT NBA 2K League team joining us here on the David Glenn Show. And, and Big West, for folks that maybe are hearing uh, the NBA 2K League and, and eSports League for the first time and wondering, what is this? Uh, can you give us a little bit of background on how this has grown for the NBA from two years ago when they launched it to as we head into year three and the Hornets are going to be taking part in this league, uh, what the league is and and how it's grown over the last couple of years? Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, so essentially, like like I said, this is the NBA first dive into uh, esports. You know, I think this is like the first major sport um, organization, like far as the NBA, is creating like an actual league for the esports. Um, like I said, so the NBA 2K league, like we play, obviously, NBA 2K, the video game, it's a partnership between Take Two and NBA. Like they provide this esports league for us. So, Essentially, it's um, five five guys, you know, five guys, five on five basketball. 
mm-hmm. the, like a, a video game simulation of the of the real life basketball. If, if that's so safe to say, um, but uh, they're they're made up of uh, my players, like virtual characters on the court, and you know they're controlled by our, our human beings or whatever. Um, and it represents like the team virtually uh, via esports. It's like playing at the highest level right here. So um, from the first year, like I say, obviously you know it was the inaugural season last year. It started off with 17 teams out of the 30 NBA teams, and um, and it was and it was great. Like you know, all the games was like played in New York, which still is, um, for the most part. Like this year, season two, they decided you know they took a little venture out. This year, they went like Las Vegas and Orlando for two of the tournaments out of the three in season tournaments to kind of branch out a little bit. I'm, I'm thinking that probably have more growth going into season three in that in that area, like far as. No more venturing out to more cities, bringing this uh, 2K NBA 2K League experience to like more cities and things like give fans from around the country to be able to attend these games is more closer to them, opposed to all of them being in New York. I think that's going to help elevate the experience for season three um, greatly. Lawrence West joining us, head coach and uh, general manager of Hornets Venom GT, the new Hornets NBA 2K League. Uh, this is really exciting, Lawrence, for uh, Charlotte to to kind of dip their toes into this league and become a part of it next season. Yet, uh, what's next for this franchise? I mean, you've got to, you know, you just mentioned the hire of, uh, of Nacho Trainer joining from T-Wolves Gaming, and now you've got to start to get some players. What's the next step for this franchise in terms of building out your roster? Okay, so the next step for us is like for me, essentially, like I've I've kind of been getting prepared for the expansion draft. So the expansion draft usually it happens like you know when new teams join. Like we know obviously we're gonna be a new team in season three. They've yet to announce possibly a, maybe a third or fourth team, but it, I mean that's still on the table. But my next my next step is to like to actually I'm I'm getting ready for the actual expansion draft. So right now the teams are in the process of not protecting the players that they want to protect like far as going into year three so that all those teams they have to um turn in their protected players once they kind of do that then the rest of the players <clears throat> from the 21 teams that's in the league right now they will go into expansion draft mm-hmm. so once they go into the expansion draft from there we actually have an expansion draft coming up there they should be releasing the dates of the expansion draft really soon to the public um, once we had an expansion draft, from there, like like myself and whatever other team that actually join the league, they will be able to select two players from that expansion draft to make out our, our team going into year three. So essentially, every team can at least have, I'll say, between you no know, minimum two to three players going into season three already. But I mean, we think the expansion draft teams only get to draft two players out of the expansion draft list. So they, those players are made up. They're players that played in the season two that wasn't protected by their team um, going into season three. And that would be make up the expansion draft, give us a chance to um, have two players to build our team up going into season three. Now, I know that every time Hornets Venom uh, posts something, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram, everybody comments that they want to be a part of this team. But it's not so easy to just jump in and be a part of this team. And, Lawrence, you and I uh, had some fun as we did some mock tryouts with members of the staff. But uh, joining uh, the eSports League and and getting into it at this level, it's not as easy as just sitting down and and playing some video games. You've, number one, got to be really good, and you've got to qualify through different ways to even be put in the draft pool, don't you? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, yes. First of all, like I say, talent, that's, that's definitely got to be there. 
But um, so essentially, like, like I get, I get those missed too. Like, how can I try out? <laughs> but um, so essentially, the the NBA, the two NBA, they they will come up with uh, a process for going into season three. So I, I'm a, I, I don't I don't want to speak too much on season three because I, I don't know that much. But I can kind of speak on the previous process. Mm-hmm. So like, so like, so and it could be similar to it going into season three. But like, so previous process, like what what they'll do is they have a qualifying um like round or whatever. And they usually kind of get maybe like a month. Like last year, season two, they had a qualifier. Like each player had to play 100 games. Didn't matter what mode it was in, like far as the Pro-Am mode or the or the Rick, or the Rick Center mode mm-hmm. on the on the NBA 2K, you had to have 100 games played and with a 50% win ratio. And um, I think that was great. That kind of eliminated a lot of things. Like, you know, as, as I got to tell you, every year get better and better because the first year – the very first inaugural season, you, I think it had you had to have 50 games played. It didn't matter whether you won or lost. As long as you played 50 games, you made it through the qualifying mode. So, like I say, every year that's improving. So last year, like I said, they did 100 qualifying games, uh, 50% win ratio. Once whoever did that, they received like kind of like you know that invite to the actual combine. Mm-hmm. So with the combine, you know, you kind of it, it's almost set up like close to like a league build as possible. So you you pretty much you you, you load in the combine mode randomly. You, you, you get four other guys to play with or girls to play with, and you just go out there and you make it happen. So you pretty much essentially you pick the position that you want to play. Each position pretty much got five different archetypes that they can use for their position. So I can kind of let's speak, let's say like if you want to be a point guard, where you got five different kind of point guards you can be. You've got like a bill that maybe be like your, your, your Steph Curry bill or mm-hmm. you got a bill that could be your Westbrook bill. You know, James Harden bills kind of give you an example. Like, you know, that's how those bills are. So you kind of see, like, what kind of player you want to be. You select the player that you want to be or, you know, the kind of archetype you want to be with those kind of resembling like those real-life players that I was naming. You Then you load into the combine. Now you're playing with four other total strangers. Well, you might know them. Um, it just depends on the luck of the draws. Like, it's totally random. And they do that so they can kind of so you can get used to playing with different people. Like a lot of people, they're stuck with just playing with their friends or you got uh, people they've been playing with for such a long time throughout the year. So when the combine come, they kind of shake everything up. Go and play with total strength. Some good experience, some bad experience. But you have a certain amount of games that you play on each position that you want to qualify that you want to you know um, qualify for to going into the, the draft. So let's say like I think last year was like 25 games. So if you play 25 games on your on your point guard bill, you know you have exceptional numbers. You do everything the way you need to do the right way. You get selected, you know, by the by the committee, by the, by the NBA committee. And then from there, that's 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 the that's the one part. Now you got to get ready to go through a process of interviews. You got league interviews, and once you make it through those league interviews, you know you they, then you'll be actually in the actual draft pool. Now, for that draft pool, that's why all the, the teams can actually select from that pool. So mm-hmm. now you got to now, now you got to get ready to impress the teams. So now the teams are reaching out to you for uh, interviews and things. They're trying to see if you're a good match for them and their team going into the draft. So, like I say, so you got to go through the qualifier, the combine. Once you make it through all that, you get selected. I think from there they kind of narrow it down to, like, a top 200 or 250 players. All those players go through an interview process with the league. Once the once the league once the league did that and they get the interviews out the way, then they narrow that top two hundred or two hundred and fifty players down to 
150. This is from I'm speaking on year two right now. Yeah. And yep. that's how that's how we got the uh, 150 uh, draft pool players from year two. From that now, the teams are able to reach out to you and have interviews. This is a good match for their team and their system and what it is they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, if you can make it through all that and you get blessed enough, now you get hear your name called on draft day. Pretty wild. It's uh, not that much different than what the college uh, and, and overseas prospects have to go through to land with an NBA team. Lawrence West joining us, the head coach and general manager of Hornets Venom GT. We're looking forward to them starting their season in the NBA's 2K League. But as Lawrence talked about, there's a lot uh, between now and then as uh, he and the staff begin to build out that roster and get this Hornets Venom team ready to go for the NBA's eSports League, the 2K League, as Hornets Venom will make their debut next spring. Lawrence, thanks so much for your time. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me, man. Go Hornets. <laughs> Hornets Venom GT. You can follow them on Twitter at Hornets Venom GT. Uh, the website, HornetsVenomGT.com. And again, uh, our thanks to Lawrence West for joining us to give us a little background about the 2K League and what to expect as the Hornets' new entrance into this league begins to fill out their roster and get ready for their uh, inaugural season coming up next spring. We'll take a quick timeout still to come. Marvin Williams will be joining Joining us in the 2 o'clock hour as we talk about this Hornets team. Later this hour, Nafisa Collier of the Minnesota Lynx, front runner for Rookie of the Year in the WNBA, will join us. And coming up next, head coach James Borrego. We chatted with him earlier this week, breaking down the Hornets schedule. We'll get the bench boss's thoughts right here on the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. The Glenn Show continues. It is the Voices of Carolina Tour. I'm John Fokey, radio play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets. Darren Vaught back in our studio and still to come here in the 1 o'clock hour. We'll switch gears, talk some WNBA basketball. Front runner for Rookie of the Year, Nafisa Collier, will join us coming up around 145. A uh, great, successful career with the University of Connecticut and now with the Minnesota Lynx as they compete for a playoff spot. And they'll be in action later tonight taking on the Washington Mystics. So looking forward to talking with Nafisa about her transition from college to the WNBA and uh, an all-star as she took part in the all-star festivities in Las Vegas earlier this summer. But first, we're talking Hornets as we have been throughout the course of this program. We're going to hear from Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. The schedule has been released. Head to Hornets.com. You can download to check out all the content and speaking of some of our content surrounding uh, the schedule release at hornets.com earlier this week Matt Richinski of hornets.com and myself had an opportunity to check in with head coach James Borrego and get his thoughts on the full 82 game schedule released on Monday now coach when a schedule comes out broadcasters look at it one way fans prepare for it another way I know Matt looks at it a different way when the schedule comes out how do you look at it as a head coach of this team yeah, I think I break it up in probably four segments. You know, I, I really look at the early stretch. You know, what is, what, you know, how do we get off to a good start? Um, what does the early season look like? Because you're still trying to grow, especially early on. You know, so looking early on, um, you know, what does that first week to two weeks look like? 
as you start to lay your foundation for the season. Start there. Um, you know, look at the all. You know, probably look at the All Star break a little bit as well. Kind of that stretch to the All Star break. Um, but a lot of it's built on the back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. You know, those stretches of three and four nights, back-to-backs, uh, those tough segments that we got to get through. We have to plan for that as coaches, as a staff, uh, so our guys stay fresh, stay ready. Um, obviously, we look at the long road trips as well. You know, the long road trips, you know, out west, um, even some, you know, east coast road trips were out there for, for a bit. So I really sit down, plan out, you know, I map out my practice schedule with the game schedule and see where those breaks lie, where we can get our guys some rest, uh, where those stretches that it's really difficult, back-to-backs, you know, those, those long stretches, and try to plan accordingly. You know, um, So it takes some time to, to dig through, but every season's 82 games. <laughs> every, every season you got to play you know, all these teams. There's no uh, magic formula. And there's, there's stretches where it's tough, and we had that last year. You know, We had a... a uh, interesting schedule last year because we had the all-star game mm-hmm. so hopefully this year it's a little more spread out which it looks like it is um, so uh, here we go you know when you're talking about these things some of those things that you broke down those west coast trips when you have a young team the way we do how important are those west coast trips mm-hmm. when these guys are together for four five yeah. a week at a time whatever it might be that many days how important are those those trips for this team well they're very meaningful i mean they really bond your team you come together road trips you know there's nothing like them you know it's like you bunker in together you're out eating meals together you're on the road uh, us against the world sort of mentality which builds strength as, as a unit, uh, camaraderie. And it was one of the foundations for us in San Antonio. We loved the rodeo road trip. And it was time to get away, focus, uh, bunker in, and really set the tone for the rest of the season. Uh, we don't have that here, but we're going to have a long stretch where we're out on the road. Mm-hmm. And identifying when that is and then really building your team around that is important to your point. So, um, and we can get away. You get away from the families. Like, there's no <laughs> up and back. You're just right. on the road. And I think even my family would probably prefer, they like the longer stretches as well. I think for all of us, when you're kind of going in and out, it can be very disruptive. And mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, unless you experience it, people don't really know that. They don't understand that. You know, you don't like being away from your family or loved ones for, for long stretches. But the constant in and out puts a lot of pressure on all of us. You know, all those flights. Uh, late nights so we enjoy the long road trips as NBA competitors and you'll be getting away further than this team ever has in the regular season as we take the far east yeah how about that <laughs> trip one? out to yes. France yes. in January January 24th against the Bucks first road or first official home game in France right what, what are you expecting from that and that trip well, the first thing I'm planning is the dinners <laughs> and the food. That's the most important thing, right? So we get to go uh, experience some great food, great basketball fans there. Love, you know, passionate fans. You know, obviously I've coached and been a part of, you know, a lot of uh, French players' mm-hmm. careers, and um, they're just wonderful people, and they do a great job, you know, supporting the NBA. So looking forward to it. Um, I've been there. We've done training camp there. And I uh, love the city, um, but it's this is a little awkward situation going to play in a regular season game out there, you know. So we got to be very careful how we structure this, making sure that we get enough rest as we head into that, and then coming back, you know. As I've talked to other coaches that have experienced these road trips, you, you, there could be some lag coming back, a little bit of fatigue coming back. So. Um, 
you know, I think it's a, a wonderful opportunity, great for our fans, for the fans uh, of Europe as well, and uh, looking forward to it. And finally, Coach, as we wrap up, the Eastern Conference is going to look a little different. I mean, from players moving from different teams. Right. Uh, as you said, you're going to play 41, you know, home, 41 on yep. the road. But uh, do you get that schedule and, and look at the East and say, okay, uh, we're going to have to prepare for some of these teams a little differently because of the off-season changes? Yeah, for sure. I mean, every year there's, you know, the uh, leagues change, players change, and probably more so than ever right now. I think mm -hmm. teams are, you know, players are moving constantly, signing shorter-term deals, a lot of trades out there. Obviously, this is a very active free agency this summer. So the East does look a little different, and it starts at the top. You know, the NBA champions, Toronto Raptors, are obviously going to look different, uh, losing Kawhi, uh, but still a, a very good team, a deep team, an experienced team. Um, then you look at a, a group that was right there, and Giannis and, and his group with Milwaukee, they made some changes. So uh, a lot of depth here. You know, Philly got better. Boston obviously made some changes. Some uh, They're, they're going to look very different, obviously, you know, having Kemba in that group. Um, then after you get away from those four teams, you know, this thing is, you know, it, it's open. And I think Brooklyn made, made a major step, obviously. Um, that's going to be an interesting team to watch all season. Uh, Miami's in the mix. So this is a very good conference, and it was very deep last season. I think it'll be very deep th this season. Um, you know, obviously our division is tough. Uh, those teams are getting better. Um, you know, all around us, teams are getting better. So we got to be ready. We got to prepare. Uh, we got to be, be smart how we attack this schedule. Um, one game at a time. You guys know that with me. It's one game at a time. You know, I can't look at the 82. And it's, it's overwhelming when you look at the 82-game season. Yep. For me as a coach, back to your first question, is like, how do you attack the schedule? It really is one game at a time. And then, you know, identifying these patches of long stretches where we can grow as a team and get better. So uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Coach, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate thanks. it. Hornets head coach James Borrego joining us here on the David Glenn Show. Earlier this week, Matt Ruchinski of Hornets.com and I had an opportunity to sit down with coach and break down the 82-game schedule and the preseason, all of which are live, and you can find details on those at Hornets.com. You can hear more of our uh, season schedule breakdown podcast at Hornets.com as well. We get to hear from uh, many different perspectives about the 82-game schedule, which will open the regular season, that is, October 23rd against Chicago, followed up with a matchup against the Timberwolves on the 25th of October before a four-game road trip out to the West Coast featuring the New Look Lakers, Clippers, the Sacramento Kings, and the Golden State Warriors before returning home for three here at Spectrum Center, which includes the first matchup with Kemba Walker and the Boston Celtics November 7th, a nationally televised game. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, get details on ticket packages and everything else at Hornets.com. John Fokey with you here on the David Glenn Show coming up. Nafisa Collier of the WNBA's Minnesota Lynx. She'll talk a little bit about the league, her transition from college to the WNBA, and what to expect out of the WNBA's playoff race. That's coming up around uh, 12, or excuse me, 145. Uh, but coming up next, we'll talk more about this Hornets team and some of the offseason moves they have made right here on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. Well, I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Was, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show.
This is the David Glenn Show. It is the Voices of Carolina Tour. I'm John Fogey, the new radio play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets. David Vaught is back in our studio as we continue with Hornets Day. Uh, we got plenty coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. Marvin Williams will be joining us right after 2 o'clock. Cody Zeller around 2.15. He breaks down the Hornets schedule that was released earlier this week. You can find more information on that at Hornets.com. In the bottom of the hour, Steve Swatoa, the president of the Greensboro Swarm, the G League affiliate of the Charlotte Hornets, will join us as well. So plenty coming up still in the 2 o'clock hour. And here in the 1 o'clock hour, Nafisa Collier of the Minnesota Lynx will be joining us around 145 to talk about her transition as a standout at the University of Connecticut uh, to a front runner for Rookie of the Year currently with the Minnesota Lynx. So that is coming up uh, right around 145 this afternoon. We, in this segment, kind of want to focus on some of the offseason moves uh, as the offseason and free agency has really been the biggest uh, topic of conversation here over the last couple of weeks and months, really, for the NBA. And it started before that as so much speculation at the end of last season, what was going to happen with Kawhi Leonard's free agency, what was going to happen with Kevin Durant, what was going to happen with Kyrie Irving. And now the dust has settled, and uh, you could throw the Hornets in there because there was a lot of talk about what was going to happen with Kemba Walker's situation. And so the dust has settled. We know where all of these guys are. And for Charlotte, Kemba Walker going to Boston in a sign-and-trade that brings the Hornets Terry Rozier. You pair him with a young backcourt of guys like Malik Monk, Dwayne Bacon, Devontae Graham, Miles Bridges, uh, drafting of P.J. Washington and Cody Martin. And so uh, you've got this young squad that's starting to come together and it'll be very interesting to see the development of these guys, how they're able to raise their games. We've already seen uh, through the course of last season, guys like Miles, uh, Dwayne, Devontae, Malik take some strides, whether going down to the G League to hone their skills and coming back and being contributors at the end of the season or during summer league, being asked to do some different things from handle the ball, uh, eliminate the, the mid-range shot, shoot the ball more in the case of Devontae Graham play the four position instead of the three in the case of Miles Bridges. And so exciting time for Hornets fans to get in with a young squad that is transitioning into a new era after Kemba heads up to Boston. Some of the other big moves of the NBA's offseason, we talked a little bit about this in the first hour of the program with Brian Seaman of the LA Clippers, Kawhi Leonard leaving Toronto after winning a championship and being named finals MVP, going to the LA Clippers and joining up with Paul George there. And now suddenly Doc Rivers. He had a team of scrappy overachievers a year ago that made the postseason and made some noise. And now he's got arguably uh, one of the the best super teams in the NBA with the additions of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And then sharing the same arena just across the hall are the L.A. Lakers, who already made a splash a year ago by signing LeBron James as a free agent. And they make a trade and bring in Anthony Davis. They also signed DeMarcus Cousins, a guy who's been coming off a couple of major injuries who they thought would be able to help them solidify that center spot. And then reports yesterday that Cousins tore his ACL and will most likely miss the rest of this season. So as both L.A. teams were building super teams, uh, the L.A. Lakers took a little bit of a a step back with the injury to DeMarcus Cousins. And then you've got Golden State. Uh, They signed uh, Draymond Green to an extension that will kick in at the end of next season. They signed Klay Thompson. They lose Kevin Durant 
to the Brooklyn Nets. They've still got Steph Curry. Clay, of course, is going to be out with an injury. Sean Livingston, they lose Sean Livingston. They lose Andre Iguodala. Uh, they bring in D'Angelo Russell from the Brooklyn Nets. How different is that Golden State team going to look from the team that has dominated the league for the last couple of years? How much can Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell carry the load until and Draymond Green until you get Klay Thompson back? And will we see Klay Thompson, who's coming off an ACL injury of his own, will we see him this year? Or uh, will they be cautious with him and we don't see him until the following year? And so uh, the Western Conference, it's going to be deep. It's going to be tough. It's also going to be wide open. And I think you could say the same. Same thing in the Eastern Conference. Boston brings in Kemba via sign-and-trade. They lose Al Horford to Philadelphia. They lose Kyrie Irving to the Brooklyn Nets. Yet, Boston, still you expect them to be one of the top teams in the East. Toronto loses Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Uh, can some of their young guys like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, Marcus Gasol, can those guys... Uh, continue to raise their level of play and keep Toronto as one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, what can we expect out of Philadelphia? Jimmy Butler's down in Miami. J.J. Redick is in New Orleans. You've got Joel Embiid. You've got Al Horford. Tobias Harris was re-signed. Ben Simmons signed an extension. Will they become one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference and vie for uh, an entrance into the NBA Finals. So there's some very intriguing storylines in both conferences in terms of what's going to happen at the top, but also battling for the final four spots in each of the conferences. Could a team like Charlotte come together and, and try and nab one of those playoff spots? Could a team like Atlanta that's full of young up-and-coming talent be one of those groups that captures lightning in a bottle and makes a run for one of the bottom spots in the east in the west will zion williamson that new orleans team be able to pull it together and make a run so it's going to be a ton of fun there's a ton of storylines we'll talk more about that in our final hour but coming up next switching gears talking WNBA basketball and the fisa collier of the minnesota Lynx joins us next on the david glenn show Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Well, who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show. number two of the David Glenn Show. John Fokey with you here as David is on vacation and we continue our tour of the Voices of Carolina. I'm heading into my first season as a radio play-by-play -play voice of the Charlotte Hornets. Prior to that, spent 12 seasons with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx. On the Timberwolves side, the executive producer and studio host for the uh, Timberwolves Radio Network. On the WNBA Minnesota Lynx side, had the opportunity to call play-by-play -play since 2012 and uh, been a part of four championships with that Minnesota Lynx team, including calling the uh, championships in 2015 and 2017. And right now we're going to talk some WNBA basketball as we go to the phone line and welcome in Nafisa Collier of the Minnesota Lynx. Nafisa, thanks so much for taking some time to join us here. Hi, how are you? Doing very well, very well. How are you? Uh, how has the rookie season gone uh, coming in and joining the Minnesota Lynx way back in, uh, I believe it was April when the draft happened? Uh, how have things gone over the last couple of months for you transitioning from the University of Connecticut to professional basketball with this Lynx franchise? Uh, it's been awesome. 
uh, it was, you know, it went pretty fast in the beginning with uh, getting drafted and being, you know, in Minnesota with training camp and all that stuff. But, I mean, they've made it as easy as possible to kind of transition. So I've been having a great uh, rookie season, great time. You know, and it's funny when you think about transitioning from the college level to the WNBA, you don't get a break and you go right from one uh, from the end of the NCAA tournament right into the draft, right into training camp. Have you had an opportunity at all to sort of catch your breath and think about how wild the last <laughs> nine to 12 months have been for you? <laughs> um, like you said, at first it was like a lot. So I was kind of just going from one thing to the next, but um, you know, since then, I have had a, t a chance to kind of catch my breath and look at all that's happened. And, I mean, I'm so grateful for where I am now, and it's been really, really fun. I couldn't have asked for anywhere better with better people, better teams. So I'm having, like I said, a great time. <laughs> Nafisa Collier joining us of the Minnesota Lynx, talking some WNBA basketball here on the David Glenn Show. And you talk about the team, and I obviously was around that team for a long time, got to know a lot of the players and the coaching staff. And it sounds like from folks that I've talked to that uh, they've done a great job of, of taking you under their wing a little bit and, and kind of showing you the ropes. Players like Sylvia Fowles, who's not only a finals MVP, a league MVP, but an Olympian, and Simone Augustus, who... You know, the other statesman on that team, the longest tenured member of that team. What's it been like learning from those two players specifically? Um, they've done an amazing job. I mean, right from the beginning, I knew that they were two people that I could go to if I had any questions or was unsure about anything. And they really did take, you know, all of us new people. We, I mean, they have like three returning players from last year, so there was a lot of us. Taking all of us under their wings and making sure we're comfortable, making sure we what we're doing and they've continued that on um, throughout this whole season tell me a little bit about uh the wmba this season i mean we've got washington as the top team returning seattle has uh, been or returning champs i should say seattle has been beset by injury uh you've got phoenix and diana tarossi and, and Brittany griner again uh trying to make a run towards another championship uh they're i believe a game or so back of you guys in the standings but the the standings this season it seems like uh it's it's really open for anybody, but uh, Washington has kind of separated themselves a little bit at the top of the pack. Yeah, it's been a crazy season with, unfortunately, how many injuries we've had. It's been a lot. So I think a lot of teams are trying to kind of figure it out, and a lot of us are really close in the standings. So it's kind of open for everyone. And even though um, Washington is uh, number one right now, they're not even that much farther ahead than the next team. So. Um, it is really wide open, and I think everyone's kind of excited to play out these last couple games to see what we all have. And you've got Washington coming up tonight there in Minnesota. Elena Deladon, who is uh, certainly someone that uh, casual fans of the WNBA would recognize, uh, she's playing at a very high level, as is that Washington team. What do you know about them as you get set to face off with them here tonight? Uh, she is a great player, and it's really fun to um, – kind of see her in action while we're playing and Washington Washington is a great team so what we have to do is really know our personnel what they like to do and their tendencies because they have so many great players that um, any one of them can go off so I think that's what we're going to try to do tonight and just kind of play our game. 
talking WNBA basketball with Nafisa Collier of the Minnesota Lynx. And uh, Nafisa, we were just talking about transitioning from college to the pros. And, and you talked about how the players around you have made it so easy. But I want to talk about your debut for Minnesota. 27 points, 8 of 10 shooting, mm-hmm. 3 of 4 from, the f- uh, from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds, 3 blocks, and 2 steals. I mean, in your wildest dreams, could you have scripted a, a your first game at the WNBA level, your first regular season game, to something like that? <laughs> um, it's definitely what I would have tried to script. <laughs> what I would have hoped for. Um, but, you know, I knew that I, I kind of struggled in our preseason games, and I knew that um, I wanted to come out and really kind of start the season off well. So I just try to, um, you know, in the beginning, I think I was trying to do too much, trying to do things that I wasn't really necessarily good at. And so I just try to play my game um, that first regular season game, and uh, thankfully it turned out well. <laughs> and since then, you've been in the starting lineup, I believe, ever since that moment. Uh, do you feel a different comfort level from that first game, even though it sounded like you were pretty comfortable then, uh, to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. And every time we played a new team, you kind of have that sense of not knowing fully what's going on again, um, just because it's like I said, new team, new players. But once we played everyone through, I think I got a lot more comfortable um, because you kind of recognize what they like to do. And even though, you know, we have scouting reports, playing them in real time is a lot different. And you kind of get to see and get a feel for what they like to do. So since we've gone through, you know, the whole roster of everyone, um, I've, I've felt a lot more comfortable. And that comfort certainly played out as uh, in July you were named a WNBA All-Star, uh, stepping in as an injury replacement for Asia Wilson and getting to go to the All-Star game in Las Vegas with a couple of your teammates, Sylvia Fowles and Odyssey Sims. Uh, I guess what was your reaction when you found out that you would be an All-Star as a rookie and then to be able to go there and experience what looked to be just a, an unbelievable atmosphere uh, and everything else going on in Vegas for your first All-Star appearance? Yeah, I was really excited. Um, I know how much of an honor this is. And to be there with the other people who have done so well this season, um, I just was so blessed to be there. And, you know, they did a great job putting that on. It was really, really fun for us. There's a lot of stuff for us to do. It was really well put together. And um, even though I don't have anything to compare it to, <laughs> I think it was um, outstanding. So I had a great time, especially being there with my teammates. Well, Nafiz, as we wrap up, I guess uh, the, the WNBA as a whole, uh, how important is it for, for young players to look towards this league and see that they do have an opportunity to become a professional basketball player? And, and much like yourself, uh, growing up watching some of these, these great players pave the way that now you're getting an opportunity to do that for young players who see that they can be a professional basketball player as well. How important is that? It's really important because we were all in those same shoes at one point. We were all looking up to the older people thinking, I hope I get there one day. So I think that's great um, why it's so great that we have games where we can interact with the fans and we have, you know, more engagement, more people coming because it shows them that, you know, you can get to this level too and we were all where you once were. Nafisa, thanks so much for your time. Good luck uh, tonight. Good luck the rest of the season and, and hopefully a long playoff run for you and Minnesota this year. Yes, thank you.
Nafisa Collier of the Minnesota Lynx joining us to talk a little bit of WNBA right here on the David Glenn Show. I'm John Fokey, radio play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets as we talk uh, Hornets basketball and just professional basketball in general. And uh, certainly Charlotte had some ties to the WNBA with the Charlotte Sting being uh, part of that league for a number of years and making an improbable run to the WNBA Finals. And another tie between uh, the Charlotte Sting and the Minnesota Lynx is that Lynx current head coach Cheryl Reeve was a member of that staff that uh, really went from worst to first uh, way back when and made a run all the way to the WNBA finals. Nafisa, kind enough to join us on a game day as the Minnesota Lynx at 13 and 12 will face off with the 18 and 7 league leading Washington Mystics tonight and that WNBA rookie of the year race really coming down to two players. Nafisa comes in averaging 11.6 rebounds, two assists, two steals and has started every game for Minnesota which is in the playoff picture and then the player drafted right before her number five Arike Agumbawale of the uh, Dallas Wings she of course hit some big big shots including an NCAA game winner for Notre Dame a couple of seasons ago those two really the front runners for WNBA Rookie of the Year so we thank Nafisa for taking some time to join us and talk a little bit about the WNBA and certainly wish best of luck to her and that squad throughout the rest of the season all right coming up in the two o'clock hour we got plenty that we're going to get to including Cody Zeller he'll join uh, Matt Rachinsky of Hornets.com and I as we talk about the release of the NBA schedule specifically the Hornets schedule. Matt and I caught up with him earlier this week uh, to talk about that. We'll turn our attention to the G League. Steve Swatoa of the Greensboro Swarm, the team president, will join us. They've got an open tryout that is coming up, so we'll get all the details about that and really talk about how the synergy between the Hornets and the Swarm has grown over the last few years and how important the G League is to developing young players uh, to go on to successful NBA careers, and I think we saw that with a number of guys just looking at last year with Dwayne Bacon and Devontae Graham spending time in the G League, getting some reps, improving their games, having things to work on, and then coming back and impacting this Hornets team over the final 12 games and getting them back into the playoff picture. So it'll be interesting to talk to Steve about some of those things. And then, of course, on the business side, how the synergy between the Hornets franchise and the Greensboro Swarm uh, has grown over the past few years. And coming up just after 2 o'clock, after the, uh, the break at the top of the hour, Marvin Williams. Uh, we missed him earlier. We'll talk with him, the 15-year vet. Of course, he's got some great Carolina ties uh, with that championship that he won at North Carolina and uh, been a member of this Hornets squad for the past six seasons. We'll get his thoughts on what this Hornets team can accomplish as they move into transition into a new era. Kemba Walker with the Boston Celtics, and you've got Terry Rozier joining this group as they try to once again become a playoff team and uh, grow and develop and compete in the Eastern Conference. So we'll talk with Marvin coming up just after the top of the hour right here on the David Glenn Show. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. 